I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Hello, welcome back to Frame by Frame. Hello! That is Andy. That is me. And the other one is Stephen. And we are hosting here at the uh, the dining room table in the living room. Yeah, glorious Frame by Frame HQ. Yes, it's a beautiful day actually. It is. Quite treacherous drive through the, the cool. snow. Yes, it's very snow. Cold. Yeah. You've got a lot of snow where you are? Yeah, yeah, it's very... Uh, it's quite well. I say snow. It's ice, really. I can't wait for us to release this in March. In this <laughs> beautiful springtime weather. Yeah, as as we're famous for here in yeah. the UK. <laughs> so, what are we discussing today, Steve? What are we discussing today? Uh, well, um, something happened. Yeah, something happened. A, 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 a film got released. It that was, was called Into the Woods. I wish. I wish. You wish to have the curse reversed? Go to the wood and bring me back a cow as white as milk. These beans carry magic. The cape as red as blood. Oh dear, how uneasy I feel. The hair as yellow as corn. The slipper as pure as gold. Go to the wood! Good day, Mr. Wolf. And what might be in your basket? I must find that girl. <laughs> to a happy end. I ain't flying! <laughs> you understand me? Uh, Into the Woods is a, is a play that was um, a musical that was um, written in 1986. Yes. Even though it's clearly um, been written before. The material itself has been written before. Yes. <laughs> do you recognise any of the concepts in Into the Wood? I, th- I think I do. Yeah, I think. Um, it's not familiar. Some, there's a um, Cinder Cinderella. Yeah. Oh, there's I, a Cinderella yeah. type character in it called Cinderella. And there aren't many movies about that type of 
character Cinderella. No, there's a girl with really long hair who lives in a tower. Rapunzel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think she's been in a film before. Uh-huh. There's, um... There's, um... Ooh. There's, like, princes. The princes? There's, a, there's a, a, a boy called Jack. Jack, and he has beans. He has beans. Magic beans. Yeah. So what did you think of Into the Woods? This Oscar-nominated Oscar well, film... Here's my take on Into the Woods, okay? It, this this seems to be a film that it felt desperate. It felt so needy and desperate. It had to, uh, and and for some reason I I kind of get that feeling from Into the Woods that uh the actual play itself, the musical, it seems as though that uh, if you're if you're brought up in America, your school will eventually do this play and everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants it. It's Into the Woods, Into the Woods. Uh, but it's it's clearly you know all the stories are ripped off from old uh, old fairy tales, and just to kind of make things just take take it up to eleven, they want to have Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, Rapunzel, Jack and the Beanstalk all together. Uh, I think that's those are all the stories there. Yeah. Put them all into one big production. So of course Disney, um, I'm surprised that they've waited this long to to do this. I can understand the uh, the allure of the production for doing it as a, as a play. I mean, everybody then gets to play. I mean, there's always a fight over who's going to play a princess. If they're just going to do Little Red Riding Hood, you're going to have one person who wants to do it, and uh, you know, it's probably reducing the suicide rate by having multiple protagonists. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, the, the self esteem of these children in schools in America is is maintained. Interestingly, you say that because <laughs> what's I don't know why the, the, the sort of redeeming feature of these fairy tale classic Disney things is yes it all works out nice in the end yes but they kind of take that away in this film because when all the usual endings all tie up and everything's gone nice then another giant comes up and starts making everything bad and people start dying yeah so what is was this I mean I, I'm not too sure if this was actually in the Into the Woods original uh, written pen story um, I'm not too sure if musicals actually all did this, if they all actually had happy endings. I have no idea how different this Walt Disney version is to the actual original story. Right. So, um, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, that that the whole thing, I mean, it, it was ending nicely. Everything was kind of like, uh, everybody was standing on the castle and it was... Yeah, absolutely. And at that point, I was kind of, I was like, oh. I was okay. And I was like, oh, thank God it's ending because it it's, it was it was difficult to get to that point for me. Yeah. Because the film, it's not very good. And, um, but when it got to that point, I felt, yeah, right, it's going to end great, finally. Yes. And then it goes on for another hour. It, yeah, it doesn't disappear. <laughs> it stays there. And what's it trying uh-huh. to say? Is it, is it yeah. trying to say that, like... Don't look to for for like a perfect prince because it doesn't exist. Because obviously, after yeah. you know, after that point where he's got married to Cinderella, he he hits on Emily Blunt, doesn't he? Well, is that telling kids to to never dream or don't look to the don't don't look at these fairy fairy tale stories that we've been making? Isn't this like the Eastenders version of? Uh... It could be the Jeremy Kyle Disney film. The Jeremy Kyle Disney film that no, no matter how hard you try, things will fall apart. Yeah, 
Um, but it doesn't. It doesn't. The me- there's no message in Into the Woods that says anything other than um, be excessive, be overly excessive in your life, um, go for what you dream. Sure. But uh, don't give it any thought. Don't think about what it is you actually want to do, and actually don't don't take into consideration into consideration other people's lives. And you know, it seems yeah. very selfish. Every single, I mean, the, the problem with this film is it's multi protagonist. Mm. There are too many, and they're all coming in together, and they're all coming into the woods, of course. Um, but none of them really know what the hell they're doing. And did you get the message? The woods are actually life. The, the the woods. Sorry, say that again. The woods is uh, a metaphor for life. Did you get that? Yeah, because you never know what. Because it all happens in the woods. It all happens in the. Yeah, that, see, it was no, really. Oh. I, I don't. I don't think that's a that's a message at all. That's just you know that's just cheap and lazy. Yeah, uh, storytelling. But the thing is, you've got all these protagonists, and none of them really know what they're doing. And when you know the the, the problem is like the, the farmer and his wife. The baker. T- the baker of the baker and his wife <laughs> the, the, the ones who can't get a bun in the oven but they can always get a bun in the oven yeah. um, they get told that they've got to look for this 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 and they've got to go into the woods there's no they don't actually sit there and have a moment like normal protagonists to say should we be doing this oh no 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 no, no. They, uh, well, which comes in and they say well you, you know, if you have this then we'll give you a beautiful child and it's like oh yeah let's do it I mean there's there's no kind of like there's no texture to these characters they're just like uh, let's just move the story along yeah and yet when he when he does arrive at the little red riding hood doesn't that thing in his head go pop in his head that says hang on i'm supposed to get a red cloak she's wearing a red cloak he actually waits until the the the, the little girl gives it to him before he actually uh, and he still doesn't acknowledge the fact that he's just been given a piece of this ensemble of the things that he's supposed to collect so he kind of epitomizes the lack of the lack of self-awareness that these characters have the lack of understanding about where the actors actually are in the production or the fact that nobody really knows what the hell's going on exactly yeah because right obviously it's a fantasy film right of but, course. but you still gotta sort of bait you still gotta have a bit of reality in there one yeah. thing that really got yeah. me is that it's when the bakers are in the house of the, the very, and you know when Meryl Streep smashes the door down and oh yeah and then declares that I put a curse on your father and it's on yours on this house and you must do this and oh, then you yeah. will get a child and then, Exciting. She, and then she just disappears yeah I was thinking this is how much I wasn't into the film I was thinking why did she smash the door down when she can just disappear and reappear <laughs> she smashed the door down for her, and then if I'd been the baker I'd have been saying all right, she just disappeared. She just smashed our door down. Yeah, I mean, what's all this about? What a nasty woman! Nasty woman. And yeah, but it's funny what you said there. You know, it's that even though it is fantasy, uh, fantasy films need to be grounded in the reality that they're trying to portray. Absolutely. Okay. Good fantasy films do that. Otherwise, it just becomes um, you don't feel anything for it. Hmm. I don't. I, I. I did not feel anything for this whatsoever. And another thing, because it's a musical, isn't it? Of course. Sing me one of the songs now. We both watched this film yesterday. Sing into the me. woods, into the woods, into the woods. I don't know what we're yelling about! Loud noises! That's 
the only thing that's going for it. It's just those three. Right, so I would say this film's based on like five to 13 year old kids, would you say? Yeah, I think from 11 to 18. I think 11 to 18 and then 18 they'll, they'll be like oh well I, I like the princes and that's about as far as it goes but 11 will be like uh, they'll, they'll just get it in their heads and that's it um, but for yeah for young kids forget about it it's not it's, this is not a Walt Disney thing it's not you know I mean again it doesn't have it doesn't grab you there's nothing in it that makes you gravitate and think ooh it doesn't make you bling like that it doesn't sorry What's that? No, no. And it's difficult to kind of isolate things in, the, in the, like songs, like you say, or yeah. characters, because well, it's all just like a seamless mess. The classic Disney films, you can you, you know the songs, you can sing it. Yes, they I'm get straight, stuck in your uh, head. Yeah, you get stuck in your head. But there was nothing in this that got, there was, the songs were irritating. Yeah, they're it, very irritating. Yeah. Very irritating because it was the same. It didn't seem to go on any other key or any other chord. It just seems to be the same um, rhythm the whole way through. Yeah. There was no variation. It didn't kind of elevate or it didn't dissipate. It was just uh, just like night, like white noise. Just should have that on the poster. <laughs> Into the woods, just like white no- noise. <laughs> white noise to kill your very soul. Yeah, <laughs> got so, a soul. Watch Into the Woods. So who's in it? Who's in Into the Woods? Um, right. We yeah. have Meryl Streep, yeah. who has got an Oscar nomination for this film. Okay. And so let, let, let's just, let's just think, let's of, dwell on let's that. think of that for a second. Uh, have you, are you aware of all the other films that she's been nominated in, in the, over the last few years? Yeah. Oh, all nine, few All 18 of them. I'm aware of some of them, yes. Okay. So, which, which was she nominated for Deer Hunter? Do you know what? I think she had a supporting nomination for Deer Hunter. She's brilliant in that. Yeah, I mean, think about the ones where she—I I like to use the word "popped" on screen, yeah. where she lit, lit or did something on screen that made you go, "Wow!" Thatcher, she did amazingly. Yeah. Julia and Julia, Julie, Julie and Julia, where she was a, that baker woman. Oh, of course, yeah. she was in that. Um, other films. We broke it. <laughs> well, no, no, uh, hang on, hang on. It's coming to me. Devil Wears Prada. She was very uh, strong in that. She was, yeah. Um, I don't think she was nominated for Mamma Mia. I, I should she sincerely hope not. <laughs> but, but yeah, is she, right. But nothing popped. Is it sort of like Mel Streep's in a film? Oh, we better, we better give her an Oscar nod. Because she's she's not very good in this. Well, she to say she's not very good, she she does exactly what is expected, but she doesn't take anything further beyond that. And I think that's probably because the production itself couldn't take itself further or give her any room to take herself any higher than just being there in the makeup, mm. um, expressing certain emotions, singing the songs. That's kind of it. It doesn't kind of break out into anything like. There's not a moment where I feel afraid of her. There's not a moment oh, no, where I God. feel. I don't feel afraid for anybody in this film. Uh, no one's yeah, afraid. I don't feel sympathy for her. I I kind of just kind of felt confused by her relationship to everybody else. Yeah, and and you know when the second um, 
um, giant comes along and they're all kind of standing in the woods there in the woods and in the clearing they're all standing there and Meryl Streep is is no different than the baker she's not all of the characters just looked the same yeah they didn't look they weren't even they were all just like spaced out in in places like weemies you know like a like a little character they've just been dropped and placed and they're just the characters that have no personality or understanding of each other's awareness there's no spatial awareness yeah I found the fact that James (laughs) James Corden was in it was strange the baker oh the baker yeah and he also did the narration which was he did which was odd where was it kind of came in and then it was gone and he died, the narration comes and goes throughout the film. Yeah, but... And then at the very end, he's sort of telling a story to the group, the surviving group. Ah, oh, the surviving group. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Emily Blunt's in it, who I think is a really good actress, but not in this. <laughs> Strangely, yeah. Um, I, I didn't really even notice her. The baker, She was the baker's wife, but I didn't really notice her as... Yeah, nothing special. And it does come to something when the ever annoying Tracy Ullman is the character that you think, oh, at least she tried to do something in the she film. She did, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not a fan of Tracy Ullman. I've always kind of felt her a little bit. Uh, well, not you know. There's nothing wrong with the lady. She she's done well for herself. She took herself to America and she's successful in her own right. But yeah. she's just not my cup of tea. The anti Ruby wax. Yeah, um, but she in this she was the only actor who actually worked who seemed to work a, a rise above the material I should say she's the only one who actually did something interesting she's the only memorable one I think yeah no, I agree and she kept slapping that kid in the precocious kid in the face which was nice to watch because <laughs> he was annoyed yeah well it was kind of very Oliver annoying yeah yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or bed knobs and broomsticks, or Les Misrables. I think that, that, that's the thing. I mean, when you look at Les Misrables and you see all the emotional and the the effort, the Hugh Jackman fire mm. that came from that, and yeah. all the the the, the heartbreaking um, Anne Hathaway um, moments, and and there there was real soul in that movie. I mean, have you seen Les Misrables? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was different. I mean, it was. Still, it's not something that I would go to again. But for no. musical, it, it actually put there was effort. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not a fan of musical theatre at all. No. I do find the the whole idea of it inherently annoying. Yes. But yeah, I watched Les Miserables and I got I got caught up in it. I can't yeah. say I didn't. Yeah. And everybody in it was really trying. It was really brave move for everybody even Russell Crowe I mean it's a brave people Russell Crowe sang in this film he, he did, did it really very well. good <laughs> but he tried and he, I, he I, tried I, to sing he but it's like Edward Norton in uh, Everyone Says I Love You which is a Woody Allen musical um, he he said I can't sing I can't don't know why you want me to do this I don't know why you sound like <laughs> you sound like Woody Allen <laughs> Yeah, because he couldn't sing. Drew Barrymore in that film couldn't sing, but they tried because yeah. that because he said Woody Allen wanted people in that film to not be able to sing properly because he wanted to have real people bursting into song. Yeah, but with with Russell Crowe, he really tried. And I think a, a good distinction with that was Les Miserables. Everyone sang on set. That was it. Wasn't done in pre-production or post-production, whatever. But I mean. 
everyone on set was singing. They was that was them singing. But in this, you can tell that when they're about to start singing, it's it's overdubbed. They're not singing. They've done it in a studio somewhere. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know, it, 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 you can. It's a difference, and you can tell. And it's it's another thing that just fake about the film. Do you think it was just all CGI mess then that the, the actors weren't given the right direction in in terms of being in a blue screen and then having not having the music live? Well, there was a bit of the, they would have had the music live, but they, the whole experience didn't seem to be natural. Okay, I'd say that's probably one aspect of it. I think some of it is just casted it wrong. Yeah, that's that's also. I mean, Anna Kendrick, apart from the cow, the cow was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, the two guys must be in that cow, right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like to be the guy at the back. But the cow was really good, called yeah. Milky White. That was his name, that was the cow's name. What did you think of Anna Kendrick as Cinderella? No. I like Anna Kendrick. Yeah, a, I think she's... screen presence, but... I, Up in know. the air, she was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, again, she, she an actress of that calibre, and Meryl Streep none of them were able to rise above the sewage it was like they were all just floating around in this wasteland it's like the the people in it who are fantastic actors seem to come off worse and the people who are not really yeah. terribly great actors look better in this film you're right you're right, right yeah, like yeah. with uh, with uh, Chris, Chris Pine and whatever the other guy was called there was a little bit of there was a nice little comedy element, element to Chris Pine in this I film wonder. and I kind of you know I, I when they were having that song on the in the river, it was ridiculous, but in a funny way. Yeah, and in, in a way, it was like they they were taking the the piss of the uh, taking the piss. It doesn't sound right when you're saying it on radio. They were taking the Michael. They're taking the Michael. They, they were taking the. They were ripping ripping a yarn. They were they taking were, the woods. Taking the woods. <laughs> yeah, they were straddling the woods between their legs. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and not taking. There's an element of non-seriousness there, but then everybody else was trying to be serious. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Trying too hard to be serious to a production that was just not. That could be it. That might be it. Yeah. Well, they, you know, maybe Chris Pine thought this is ridiculous, yeah. and just played it that way. Yeah, that's what I kind of felt. Because everything about his character, like the ridiculous hair and the way he thought of himself, was just. Yeah, but have you noticed that uh, Disney uh, is not? He's not very. They're not very nice to their princes lately. I mean, if you look at Frozen, they had the prince who was uh, who was nice in the beginning. You know, who who was just playing on Anna's um, emotions. Mm. <laughs> yeah, talking about Frozen. <laughs> you love Frozen. <laughs> you haven't seen it enough. Seen it so many times. You have, a, you have a, the fortunate uh, experience of having. Uh, how old is she? Five. Five-year-old daughter who... How many times did she I've got a Frozen? theory about Frozen. <laughs> I meant to... I think the writers of Frozen were fans, were watching The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, <gasps> and thought, Ooh. I've got an idea for a film. Because the main bad girl in, you know, the sort of Nazi sympathiser in The Last Crusade is called yeah. Elsa. Yeah. And when Elsa goes down the pit at the end... Yeah, it goes into sort of nothingness, and, yeah. it, and Indy falls, and his dad grabs his hand, and he, Indy's like, "Dad, I've almost got it." Because he's reaching for the, um, the 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 Holy Grail. Yes, yeah. And he's like, "Dad, I've almost got it," and he goes, "Indiana, just let it go." <gasps> oh my God, you're not point five percent right I there. I just had it. Yay! <laughs> Where did that come from? But that, but that's yeah. So yeah, so I think they were watching the Last Crusade and thought, "Do, do Elsa." <laughs> 
Blonde hair. Blonde hair, yeah. <laughs> Indiana, just let it go. I've got an idea for a song. Boom! A <laughs> global... Last Crusade. <laughs> oh, break the ice. Break the ice. Slice the ice. But yeah, and then again, it's the underdog that gets the girl, isn't it? Like, um, James Corden's the underdog in um, The Baker. In yeah. Into the Woods, and yeah. then you've got Kristoff, who's the, you know... The, the underdog bit. it's like Aladdin I mean, he was the underdog as well yeah. you've got Jasmine and all that kind of thing but uh, yeah the, the princes in these films are, are becoming evil it's like the love interests to the protagonists are becoming evil and that's kind of unusual or at least mocked or not taken seriously into the woods they're not really that yeah is that Disney trying to say that like um, we can't trust the monarchies <laughs> because that go that'll go right against the Illuminati background, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we're gonna get there. We're gonna, we're gonna get, there. get there. But okay, so let's let's roll on. Let's roll on. Um, because um, time is short. Um, Into the Woods is just yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of over it now. I'm I don't think I ever want to see this again. No, well, I think um, will it be an Into the Woods too? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> God, that'd be awful. It'll be. I, I, um, I, once I got out of watching the film, I immediately texted Stephen and said, like, the best thing I can say about Into the Woods is that I never have to watch it again. That's the best thing I can say about that film. Perfect. So Disney Disney have done it again. Um, Disney, um, they're, they're, they're very hit and miss these days. <sighs> what, what is, did they have a specific direction? Do no, you know I, I think Disney's direction is to buy everything and release everything. Yeah, you mentioned today that, uh, you know, I, I thought they owned a few things. They own uh, Pixar, Touchstone Pictures. Well, yeah, I made a, I made a short list of all the uh, companies and businesses that Disney, Disney run. Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll just touch upon it now. So... Um, they own Disney Nature, Disney Theatrical Productions, Touchstone Pictures, Marvel Entertainment, Miramax, Lucasfilm, Walt Disney Pictures, Disney Toon Studios, Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture International, Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment, in within Music, Disney Music Group, Hollywood Records, Walt Disney Records, Television, ABC, WLS, KFSM, KTRK, KABC, WABC, WPVI, WTVP, KGO, Disney ABC, ABC Television Network, ABC Family, ABC Studio, A&E Television Network, The Biography Channel, Disney ABC Domestic Television, Disney ABC International Television, Disney ABC ESPN Television, Disney Channel Worldwide, History Channel, H2, Hungama, Lifetime Entertainment Services, Soapnet, Disney Junior, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN3D, ESPN Classic, ESPN Deport, ESPN News, ESPN U, ESPN Enterprises, ESPN Interactive, ESPN International, ESPN Mobile Properties, ESPN On Demand, and within radio, WDDY AM, WDWDA AM, WMKI AM, WGFY, WRDZ, WWMK, KMKI, KDDZ, WFDS, KMIC, WRDZ, KPHN, KDIS, KDIS AM, FM, WMYM, ESPN Radio, WMVP, KESN, KESPN, WEPN, within publishing, 
<laughs> Hyperion Books, ABC Daytime Press, Hyperion, Jump at the Moon, Miramax Books, Voice, Disney Publishing Worldwide, Disney Digital Books, Disney English, Disney Global Group, Disney, Disney Global, <laughs> Global Children's Magazine, US Magazines, USPN, the, mag- the magazine, ESPN. Do I need to talk about parks and resorts? Um... Adventure by Disney, Disney Cruise Lines, Disneyland Resort, Disneyland Resort Paris, Disney Vacation Club, Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disney Resort, Tokyo Disney Resort, Walt Disney Imagineering, Walt Disney World Resort, Other, The Baby Einstein Company, Club Penguin, Disney Consumer Products, The Disney Store, Disney Apparel, Disney Accessories and Footwear, Disney Fashion and Home, Disney Food, Disney Health and Beauty, Disney Stationery, Disney Toys, Disney Interactive Media Group, Disney oh, Interactive Studios, shit. Disney Online, Disney Online Studios, Disney Mobile, E Capital Theatre, The Muppet Studio, Playdom, Rocket Pack, and obviously we can't leave out UTV Software Communications. Sorry, my mind drifted. Um, could you say that again? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Disney Nature. Disney... <laughs> I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Well, uh, there's one bottle of water on the table, okay, and it's the uh, Kirkland Natural Spring Water, and I was just wondering who will actually be the person who needs this the most. Thank you. Take it. Is, drink it. Is this? Sorry, it's not loaded. Kirk, Kirkland Signature Natural Spring Water, a subsidiary of Disney. <laughs> okay, so there's so many beyond quite a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, is there a possibility that if if Disney went out of business? The world will implode. I mean, do they know? Does that mean that they are a company that is full of uh, over excessive ideas that, and they're not able to focus in on anything? Um, is this fear? Is this all about their fear of of just not being one freaking studio? That doesn't. That doesn't speak of fear to me. It speaks of control. Control. Power. Power. Yeah. It's all about the power and the control. And that's that's that is that, that yeah that is what Disney says to me. Yeah, power and control. So so um, I guess we can delve into a little bit of the dark side of Disney and their uh, power and control. I think we should. How far? How deep did you go? How dark? I went um, yeah quite dark. Where I, I, yeah? I started to look into um, in the in the uh, far-reaching corners of the internet, there are quite a lot of people that believe that Disney, as a company, is ex- is one of the players of the world of controlling the world. Right. Okay. They are one of the yeah. Yeah. There aren't, there aren't many. No, but I think they sort of put up there with like the Rockefellers and Rothschilds and. Goldman Sachs of the world. I've got a Goldman Sachs, yeah. I've heard about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what can you tell me? What 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 what's... Well, there's a lot of people out there that believe that Walt Disney was a 33 degree mason and was part of the Illuminati. Oh, there, there it is again, yeah. the Illuminati. It tends to be um, yeah. far-right Christians who believe that the devil is controlling everything and they are trying the subliminal messages put into a lot of the early Disney and well Disney throughout that are trying to 
Yeah. I, uh, make Trying to brainwash our children into growing up to be a certain way, to be evil. Like, for example, that warning that we found on Into the Woods for that, from that Christian fundamentalist who said that uh, children should not watch this. It's full of, uh, you know, f- full of messages of, of, of satanic origins. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, um, this is not good for radio, but there's a few pictures here. Now, the Lion King um, poster has um you can sort of see in the clouds the face of a lion can't you okay yes someone has um sort of traced out the picture of a woman's bottom out of the nose and the eyebrows of the lion yeah yeah okay okay you with that okay that's that's so that's the poster is subliminally trying to tell our children to wear underwear yeah, or to uh, to be proud of your hoochie. Now this one I can see. <laughs> to be proud of your butt. Yeah. So, now this one. I like is, these butts and I cannot lie in King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now we've got Mickey and Minnie okay. on the cover of... Uh, Bladded? Yeah, called Bladded. It sounds uh, like Bladdered. Uh, yeah. And he's holding uh, a cap which does look like a penis. It does look like a penis. Okay. Are you having that? I can see why he thought that. I think they're having that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's... Yeah. There's uh, more. Yeah, check this out. Okay. This is Jessica Rabbit. And um, you can find all these on the internet. She does like a little movement where you, you see between her legs. No way! She looks like she's in, a, in an aquarium. Where yeah. is she? I'm not sure where this is from. Now, this is a Donald Duck cartoon. And if you look at the back, it says, Ask About Illuminati. No way! Are, are you sure that these things aren't just... Well, this is the thing... We need to find the origin, original Absolutely. cartoons. I found one I, that was out of Monsters, Inc., right? Yeah. And it showed... Um, what was the big hairy dude called? As, um, Sully. Scott... S- S- yeah. Him. And he'd, he'd just poked... He'd come through like a closet or something and he had this like, look on his face and to the side was like a, a drawing of uh, two stick figures and one of them had this stick figure bent over uh-huh. as if we were having sex really but it was fake I found that it was fake these are just yeah. the ones that I found that I couldn't find a, a questionable fake questionable yeah yeah um, there's one here I forget what film this is out of but you can see a masonic symbol at the top of the door and the all seeing eye the all seeing eye but isn't the uh, where was this what film I can't remember it looks like a sort of like dark crystal or something yeah, but possibly uh, I don't know. But, yeah, you know, if he was, if he was into, if he was a mason, he would probably sing it anyway. Yeah, but then if even if he wasn't, if he was, you know, it's it's probably a part of architecture and maybe what word can you see in there? Um, um, I see uh, special effects, SFX. Obviously, it's sex. No, 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 no. I I think it's uh, SFX special effects. But that's actually in the film. Uh, and then yeah. you got the Little Mermaid poster. <laughs> Uh, the temple trying to say that one of the sort of towers in it is a phallic shape like yeah. a penis but okay yeah and the okay, last we'll one leave, we'll leave it there no 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 no. the last one the last one oh yeah the the, the poster in the background with yeah. the, uh, the... the the lady with the boobs out yes I need to go over and see if that's true yeah the, the thing about these and I think that you know that yeah it, sure if, if okay there, there's several layers of, of, of this that I can have like uncover I mean if if they are in there then they're put in there by sneaky little immature animators who are angry at 
Disney and have put things in just to kind of pass them. Just to... I also think that, I mean, some of the things that are blatant, like the breasts and the penises, yeah. I, I can imagine that they would be, be you know, from that uh, standpoint that somebody put it there, either as a joke or as a, as a you know, act of frustration and anger. Mm. Um, but then there's some things that are found by the viewers, like the, the XX and the uh, stars. That's just simply people finding stuff. Yeah, there, there was loads of stuff, like from the film Frozen, when she's building the castle and she does a thing with her hand and like loads of ice blasts from her hand. And they can find in that sex, the word sex within there. Yeah. It? But if you look hard enough at anything, you will You'll find, find what, something. Yeah, you will. So I, I have a, um, you know, I, I find them fascinating, even though I think all these artifacts are extremely fascinating and they make me laugh because, yeah. especially with Minnie Mouse holding a giant dildo, <laughs> it's, it's the funniest thing that, and, 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 you know, and but it happens in not just Disney. I mean, Disney isn't the only one that has this. I mean, if you think about all the Scooby Doo's and all the Flintstones, the Simpsons. There's probably that kind of stuff all along there, but nobody's just that passionate to look into it because they focus in so much on Disney because Disney is this this big mass conglomerate that do, they do think want to pull down. Yeah, do you think that's why? Yeah, and um, then... And, and, and yeah. they want to attack, attack Walt Disney. Yeah, because they're fun, especially if they're fundamentalist Christians who believe that, that Walt Disney is this, this, this satanic uh, group of people, then they're going to want to find them. They're going to want to desperately... I mean, if they can find in The Shining um, everything to do with Stanley Kubrick and the, and the faking the moon landing, mm. which I think is a total bogus rubbish. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, then uh, they can find an... Ep- yeah, they could pull an episode of Friends and say that all of those... Uh, that there's probably phallic symbols in that. There's, there's probably phallus... I mean, life is full of just phallic objects. I mean, look <laughs> around you. Look around you. I mean, there there are things with holes, and there are things that screw into holes. There are towers. There are um, towers with domes on the top of them. There, are, you know, hose pipes splurt water out. Um, everything. Life is 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 one big phallic because that's how the, the planet could be one big bollock. It's just one big ball. And then you got the moon, which is the, the unfortunate smaller one. Yeah, which you know hangs a little bit higher. Than, yeah, yeah. yeah, everything. Because but, as soon as you look into it like that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. see it, you know. But why Disney more so? Because even the Simpsons film, at one point, Bart puts on some uh, Mickey Mouse ears and was like, "Look, I'm the mascot of an evil empire." Yeah, it's in the Simpsons movie. It's, it's because it's synonymous. Everybody uh, uh, um, who who has a, a beef with Disney. I mean, we're not talking about the mass market of people who actually go out and buy the DVDs all the time and the CDs and, and enjoy Disney because it's Disney is family fun. Take your kids to see Disney. Let's go to Disneyland. All, all those people are the masses that, that Disney uh, reaches out to. Mm-hmm. And, but if you're going to be angry at something and you're going to find stuff, then, of course everything automatically leads to the Illuminati and I don't I, I find it very strange that everything seems to lead to it but why would phallic symbols be suggestively put in there if the Illuminati okay are so desperately trying to keep things under wraps from everybody why put little messages why would Stanley Kubrick put little messages in The Shining just to kind of say like, I, I'm, I can't hold it in any longer I'm going to have to well, make this an 11 this is an Apollo this is Apollo. This is Apollo. Well, yeah, the thing with, with why with what the Illuminati is supposed to be—it's all about symbols and 
they put these symbols into the film and everywhere allegedly so it's to say we're out there but you don't know who we are and it's a kind of I would say if there is like a handful of people that control everything they made the Illuminati up to hide behind that Oh yeah, that's what I would say. We'll it's put all this screen. stuff out. It's a smoke screen. So everyone will obsesses over the symbols but and all this to take away from what they're actually doing over there. Always think distraction, I mean, and that's that's kind of how the world would work. And like we said in the previous one about apocalypse, and that guy who said that presidents don't run the planet, but everybody likes to think that they do. Yeah, yeah. Illuminati. Uh, Everyone's got to answer to somebody. Yeah, but the Illuminati is just a smokescreen and everybody knows it. They're just reaching for things. I mean, if they can find two t- Twin Tower banknotes, you know, the, all the Twin Tower images and banknotes. I don't know, some of it just really gets on my nerves sometimes. Mm. But, but but what but, else is there? But like Walt Disney is, is you know, people label him a fascist, anti-Semite, racist. Mother, he wore his mother's dresses and lipstick and was obsessed with the human bum. None of them are true. No. He was probably a really nice guy, family man, who was very generous to his workers, and who knows? I mean... I think yeah. he did... He wasn't... You know, he did have views. Um, so does Tom Cruise. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> very good. Um, <laughs> he was sort of... He, he was... Um, he, he hung around with a lot of right wingers. They convinced him to join an organization dedicated to ridding Hollywood of commies, the Orwellian sounding Motion Picture Alliance for the Preservation of American Ideals. Well, which sounds quite scary. And he and many of the, the members of that were anti Semites. Um, so much so that Louis B. Mayer and Jack Warner, both anti communists themselves, refused to join. Um, he also approved a pair of cartoons, Three Little Pigs and the Opry House, that poke fun at Jewish stereotypes, the former by disguising the Big Bad Wolf as a hook-nosed peddler. Okay, but... And the latter uh, by having Mickey's dress and dance like a Hasid. 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 Um, right, in Mickey's melodrama, the iconic mouse appears in blackface. The original version of Fantasia featured a half-donkey, half-black centuriate. Yeah. Uh, servant named Sunflower in the pop-up book she eats a watermelon and the full-length film Song of the South was a controversial even in its own time upon its release uh, to the perpetuated a dangerous glorified picture of slavery but in 1940s America those ideas and that way of thinking was quite it was natural it was natural and, and it was yeah not right no but, no but stereotypes I mean a lot of these things I think of are stereotypes and I think people pick up on on stereotypes now and and say no no you can't you can't stereotype anymore you can't say that, 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 that. like yeah like if the seven dwarfs came out now and one of us referred to the dwarfs when they were on top of each other as a pile it you'd be horrified yeah, it would be horrified but in 19 it's all rel- relative relative yeah because in 1940s that's how unfortunately people thought back then yeah and it was the, the word was not as, as big a stigma because everybody lived in smaller communities so they only knew what what that community talked about yeah and if they were all bigoted then bigotry would be a normal everyday activity yeah, to put in some a certain kind of context in the 1970s the conservative government in our in this country had um, a, a political um rally protest rally i'd say yeah, yeah. A political rally and the motto was if you want to for a neighbour vote liberal or labour 
and that's in the 1970s. Oh, jeez. You know what I mean? So, you know, if political correctness has done one thing, it's made the Conservative, come, uh, the conservative Party hide their inherent racism behind creative language. But um, I thought that was way funnier than you um, give it credence for. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm still stunned. I'm just like, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and yet, you know, nowadays, anything that is, uh, uh, separates, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that colour separators in washing machines aren't called racist. It drives me crazy <laughs> when... Uh, you know, you know the whole inherent thing about you know when when something racist comes out, then all of a sudden uh, people start saying, "I don't know why they have a problem with 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 Muslims." I have a friend who's a Muslim. Oh yeah. I and all of a sudden it's like, it's like look, I I don't have a problem. Look me, I'm hugging a Muslim, and, and it's like, well, no, just 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 get on with everybody and just get over yourselves and stop trying to create the division. There's that wonderful they do it with gay people. They do, exactly. I'm not homophobic. One of my friends is gay. One of my friends is gay. Well, don't point it out then. Yeah. One of my... I have a... I have a friend. I have a friend. There's my I friend. I have a friend. I love my friend. It doesn't matter what they are or what yeah. they do. You, um, you know. Oh, your friend's just... Ki she's kissing that other girl. Yeah, she's gay. So what? Then you look at Disney. And this is why I'm taking it back to Disney. Yeah. Um, they are full of female protagonists it's almost as if they are scared to have male protagonists in a lot of their films um, they say that Disney films are targeted mainly to the female audience anyway yeah. so they want their they want to have a strong female protagonist but what do they always give the, the strong female protagonist in every single the young um, man they always have to have a man and they have to fall in love with a man. They have to. All they want to do is to have um, love in their life, uh, find a man that they can they can marry and have children. Um, they also want power and glory along with it, and uh, that that obviously comes at, at a price of of having to um, be horribly oppressed by all the male antagonists that come their way. I suppose into the woods, she gets that. And then decides it's not for her, doesn't she? Yes. And she wants to go for... She doesn't want to be poor. She doesn't want to be rich. She wants to be something somewhere in the middle. Ah. But then... <laughs> you know... Again, you could... You could take anything and... Yeah. You know, I, I could... And make, and make it suit your own worldview. Because you that's could true. take that and say, well, that's a nice thing. She had all the wealth that you could possibly have. And it's not for her. She didn't like it. Or you could take it as, like, it's Disney saying... If I was a, if it was one of the Illuminati freaks, I'd be saying no. That's Disney trying to tell every woman to settle for the mm. mediocre. Don't strive to be rich. Mm. You can no, no, no. You can take things so many ways. Everything is. I mean, everything that you see, but because it's Disney, automatically it, go, it goes into this box of we need to rip this apart. Otherwise, mm. we're not doing our job. Um, I did you, it similarly. You don't right? do it with DreamWorks films. They they do nice things about the DreamWorks films. They created this whole this whole world like a Marvel universe yeah. within DreamWorks world where Shrek and um, all these characters kind of all link together. And... But then one of these Illuminati freaks would be saying that when Fiona's the beautiful girl but falls in love with Shrek, who's essentially a beast, that's weird. That's the that's them telling that the, the every beautiful girl needs to be with Satan. 
the yeah. beast. You need to be with the beast. You know, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, she falls sh- in love with the beast. <laughs> yes, of course. But the uh, the, the yeah. story behind it is like it doesn't matter what someone looks like; it's what someone is. It's actually he he's is a, a good person. He's inside. a good person inside, and that's what yeah. makes him a decent guy. But no, yeah. they'll look at that and say that's telling everyone that they need to be with the beast, the devil. Cheryl Cole did that very much in, in, in her song um, "I've Fallen for a Monster." which you know which makes it uh, that really goes out to say he's an evil bastard he beats me he does nasty things he really is a nasty piece of work yeah. but I can't st- I can't be without him that that's more obvious that's more like, blatant and yet that song is so loved by everybody and, is, and nobody seems to worry about that yeah. there, there, there are inherent messages in songs and yet it doesn't matter because well, it's Cheryl Cole and she's on X Factor, and that makes everything better. Scottish, <laughs> because I um, I was reading up on all the Illuminati stuff to do yeah. with Disney. I got wrapped up in it, and I found you, a song called the, Shut- the Shutterbug Song. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's essentially this, this. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And I did honestly when I was watching that. I was thinking that's you were thinking like an Illuminati. Well, I was thinking. <laughs> That's telling people, the younger generation, that it's okay to be watched all the time because we are everything we're done with watch. Yes. All our online, you know. So children Edward get Snowden. used to it. Get so, used get to it. Get used to it. So they, so they think it's normal. Yeah. Here's the lyrics: She's on the lookout. Camera's ready. Have no doubt. When there's a problem, she's right there. No need to shout. She's always in flight on the case, both day and night, sending the pictures right up to the satellite. Yeah. She's never no need to shout. She's always in flight on the case both day and night. Sending a picture right up to the satellite. She's right here and it's But that's that's more uh, that that's no different to the fairy godmother listening in on the on the children and coming down at the right time to help them out. Mm. They're always listening. Um you know, Santa Claus always knows if you're naughty and nice because he's watching you. Yeah. But, so, say the, but this is blatant. It is. This the, is the blatant book, It's like a, a butterfly, but it's a camera. It's, it's a, webcam. a camera. It's a yeah. webcam, and it goes into a little girl's bedroom at night time and films it. Yeah, which to a certain yeah, it's, it, that is kind. Of, it's insidious. it's on the nose. It's on the nose. Yeah, and but it's not. It's nothing that we haven't seen before. Like I say, um, well, uh, there are a lot of. Um, I mean, Jiminy Cricket. I mean, he's a bit of a. Uh, <laughs> he, he he's there watching people. Um, yeah. So it, it, there's there's nothing new, but this one actually puts it out there as more of an, a blatant image of of surveillance and uh, and peephole mentality. But it's hard to tell. I mean, I'd, I'd love to be able to be a shutterbug in uh, the studio of these Disney executives and to actually be there and understand what it is that they are doing well, and thinking. I got um, I found a letter, well, a blog, of um, a, a mum who'd um, written about her hatred toward Disney because of what certain programs had done to her cha- children. Really? Okay. It's quite a long letter. How, what time are we on? Uh, we're doing okay. <laughs> right, okay, here we go. Disney has been ruining my kid. A job I can do quite well on my own, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's quite witty. 
Um, I know, it sounds drastic. Don't worry, I'm not going to launch into a ridiculous diatribe about how Frozen has hidden gay agenda, huge eye roll, or is turning my girls into glittery, sparkly princesses who need a prince to save them. Way over the stage, thank God. This kind of sums up everything we're talking about. Yeah. Or that Miley Cyrus grew up and dared, and dared to climb out of her Hannah Montana box. In the interest of being a pretty laid-back mom who fights against my extremely conservative upbringing, I have tried to adopt a more moderate view of the world and its evils. With my girls, I am trying a more balanced approach, believing that they should not be sheltered constantly from American culture, taught to fear and judge and overreact to everything they see. My general philosophy has been to allow them to take part in age-appropriate music, movies and TV. That said, I may have gone too far. It's been a brutal winter and I confess my kids watch too much TV. School's cancelled all the time, which was only so much hot chocolate and board games I could muster before I would hand them the remote and rock quietly in a corner of the kitchen with a bottle of wine. Now I did <laughs> now I did check in with them, shouting, What you watching? I see I, I acted a bit then. And they would yell, Ant Farm, or Kicking It, or Good Luck Charlie. I investigated and these shows are all this is appropriate for 8+. plus. Fine. Every once in a while, they would call me in to watch some joke that they thought was so hilarious. And I would try not to think about how they should be watching something on the History Channel instead. Kids deserve some mindless, silly comedy and no edu- with no educational purpose. Just like I deserve to watch Sister Wives and Grey's Anatomy. No big. Until. A few months ago, my husband and I started noticing some differences in, our, in one of our daughter's behaviour. She wasn't acting like herself. She seemed to be putting on a show. She would fling her hair about and act like a sassy teenager and use lingo that sounded inauthentic and contrived coming from her. In these moods, she was extremely silly, always looking for a laugh. When this would happen, I tried to talk to her about it. I pointed out that it did not feel like her real personality and that people can sense when someone is not being authentic. We talked about crossing the line between silly and obnoxious. I stepped up my emphasis on important qualities like kindness, generosity, creativity. I asked her if she would... If she was acting like people on TV, and after much pressure, she would admit that she was saying this, she was getting her sayings and jokes from the Disney Channel. At this point, no, okay. no real alarm bells were going off. She was experimenting, and we were talking about it. It opened lines of communication for me. A little her tossing in Disney lingo was not going to ruin her. But then, this dear daughter got into some trouble with friends at school. I met with her teachers and spoke to the parents and the other girl of the other girls involved. And was shocked to hear some of the social things going on with my child at school. She is sensitive, loving, who was usually fiercely loyal and empathetic. Empathetic. This empathetic. Sorry, em- empathetic. Empathetic. Jesus, empathetic. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought it was empathetic. <laughs> the reports of her behaviour did not match what I knew of my girl. She was saying hurtful and judgmental things about other girls, throwing around conceited declarations, among other sho- shocking things. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm all for the personal responsibility and I am no way interested in making a lame excuse for my child. We dealt with the situation and helped to learn painfully but necessary lessons about jealousy, friendship, self-control and hurtful words. While she was at school this week, I spent a good amount of time in quiet reflection. This week's events have been extremely trying as a parent. I find myself in new territory, acting on instinct. I spent a day watching some of her favourite Disney shows from start to finish, looking for answers. I could not be more horrified. Parents, are you watching this garbage? I certainly had not been. Beyond the quick minute or two, I had never sat and watched an episode of Ant Farm with the girls. Because it is Disney, how the hell do you go from Doc McStuffins, a show that saved me countless tears at the paediatrician's office, to this absolute trash? I so very worryingly figured that a company like Disney would not be promoting cruelty, bullying and sexism in their shows for young 
impressionable children. I was completely mortified as I watched. These shows are laced with terrible social behaviour, like the scene in one where a nerdy boy walks up to a pretty popular girl and asks her out. She threw her a bowling ball and ran away screaming, cue audience laughter. There were so many examples of rude, mean, responsible to difficult social situations for kids. Is this going on too long? Um, maybe uh, see where, where, if there are any other... Well, I'll just, I, I'm, I'll, I'm getting, I'm getting I'll sum it up. Yeah, followed by the character shrugging it off, recorded laughter, um, and the characters moving on without showing any realistic emotions. No anger, no hurt feelings, comedy. I was disgusted. How in the world will we teach their children to be kind to put a stop to cruel behaviour in schools when the Disney Channel is showing these bullying behaviours followed by laughter and no emotional response? It kind of goes on and on and but on, that, yeah. giving examples of how... That's fine. How, like, yeah. the sexism within these shows, it's just, it's laughed off. What 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 do you what do you get from that? I don't know. It's it's hard to tell, isn't it? Because um, the thing is, when any child goes to school these days, they're going to be influenced by each other and by what they watch on television. That's yeah. that's easy. So that's it's, easy. That's no brainer. So to watch something when like a, a like a not very good looking nerd kid goes up to a girl and the girl just like drops and, goes, and runs away screaming yeah. and then there's a the kind of laughter starts yeah that's kind of saying that that kind of behavior is okay it does yeah and uh, yeah I, I can definitely see that you know i would n- i have a problem with with the, the the cartoons that are on television now anyway i mean yeah. I, luckily i've i've got my little uh, collection of old classics that i grew up with um, and when I look at them, I kind of think, well, was I getting any bad messages from those? I mean, the, the, the Flintstones certainly, you know, is is, a, is quite a clean cartoon. Um, the things that we grew up, Looney Tunes, was were heavily violent. They were, um, and um, some serious stuff happened to the Roadrunner. There was no, there's there's no forgiveness. Uh, but it seems as though in the cartoons that we watched, we were taught that you know that these things were fictional. Okay, mm. we, there was not one moment where I thought, "Oh, well, it's okay to walk around shooting rabbits and shooting ducks because they'll always come back again." Uh, no matter how many times you blow up a road runner, or blow up a coyote, they'll always be back again. We, we didn't. We, it's not as if that the cartoons taught us um, the, the laws of invincibility, mm. but we certainly felt as though that we could do things. But all kids do that. All kids think as though that, think that they are invincible. But these days, cartoons are very on, on the nose about emotional. Uh, th- these are the emotional difficulties that she found in those cartoons, such as the uh, the bullying aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I, I can totally say that that's 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 right as what as to what she said there. But it's not just Disney. Um, I think she's she sounds desperate. The, the mother is desperately trying to figure out what's wrong with her children but she pointed out right away in her letter that there is something about her parenting skills that makes me feel a bit questionable uh, a bit questionable yeah, the fact that she lets her watch all these things without knowing first of all what it is that the children are watching I certainly wouldn't you know now that I'm a father let Aspen watch anything unless I knew that it was okay no I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same with yeah with River and she's. It sounds like she can't wait to just put them in front of the television and disappear into another room and just drink wine. Um, so, to, uh, without saying any disrespect to the mother, you know, maybe there is an element of she needs to be looking at herself as well as a parent. Yeah. Are you warm enough? 
I'm a little bit chilly, but I'm okay. Just looking at that, it's blue. Yeah, it's a bit cold. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> Shall I go and throw the heating on? Well, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, it's, it, it is getting cold. I'm feeling a little bit frozen. But oh, we are going to have to let Steve it go. Oh. <laughs> That's a terrible laugh. You're just but a so, bit of a fixer. But yeah, I've, I've, yeah to, to wrap it up, I think Disney is Disney, always has been. Uh, you know, <laughs> That's very true. There, and they are not new. going away. In just 2015, we are having, from the Disney empire, Strange Magic, jo- uh, Strange Magic, which is a story by George Lucas based on uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. Um, got, Stealing from Shakespeare, as usual. Yeah, yeah. Yep. McFarland USA, Cinderella, Monkey Kingdom, Avengers Age of Ultron, Tomorrowland, Inside Out, Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Ant-Man, <laughs> Ant-Man, <laughs> Everybody ready? Just sing along! It's Disney song! Now you at home can sing along with your favorite Disney song. Okay, no, 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 no. You understand it? You know, I'm, I'm gonna take this opportunity to, to let the people know how they can contact our friends at Frame by Frame. They do that podcast You thing. know, two guys, yeah, they do the podcast, okay? So they're, how... They're, they're nice, they're, they're like a forest, which is a beautiful thing. Exactly. And so if you want to, to, to do the communicating thing, you know, the social networking uh, thing... Yeah, you can yeah. Uh, You can tweet those guys tweet? at Frame by Frame 78. If you'd like to go to the website, that will be www.com. Roastedportions.com. Hey, hey, hey. You don't need to do the www. It's implied that it's going to be the worldwide web. But people need to know that. Okay, just go to roastedportions.com. Okay, you go down on the right hand side. You've got the social connections. You can you can talk to the people who do the show. You can even talk to uh, uh, the people who made that movie. You know, CACO3. Who'd want to talk to those mooks? I don't know. They made a pretty interesting movie, right? Well. It was in black and white. Yeah, black and white. I yeah, like you know, that. We like black and white because, and there was also some trees in that movie too. Oh, trees! It's like like being in a forest, which is a beautiful thing. Other connections you can really get to know these people on YouTube as well. And if you want to comment on their on their podcast, I urge you to do that. Okay. Yeah, I think it is a, a proper, really nice thing if people want to start contacting these Subscribe guys. Subscribe to them and then and com- comment. I mean, it's just just polite, you know. Also, you can email them at framebyframe78 at gmail.com. That's it. I think that's everything wrapped up, so. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and plant a tree somewhere. Okay, you go plant some trees. I'm, I'm going to go, go plant a tree. I'm going to go tweet. You tweet, I'll plant a tree. It's us, we're out of here.